Thanks for joining us. I'm Alan Burke, a landscape architect here in the Puget Sound region, and you are listening to the Green Meridian Podcast. I remember growing up in Florida. You'd occasionally see some old duffer give up on his front yard completely. He'd rip out all the turf, pour concrete, and paint it green. Voila, a solution made of paint and protest. As our summer in the Northwest wanes, I know many of us have turned to our turf with trepidation and, yes, mulled over the unthinkable. Turf a la Astro, or a faux field of green. Those new artificial grass products pose a quandary for eco-minded landscape professionals and for organically-minded consumers. It distills down to, it's fake, but it looks great, versus, it's real, but looks terrible. You've seen the faux stuff, yes, but have you seen it lately? Oh, it is good. The best local vendors, Synthetic Turf Northwest and Dream Turf, sport it in a variety of styles, including a new tricolor pattern with just a hint of dead grass tan that looks just natural enough not to throw off the neighbors. In the end, it's really a form of outdoor carpeting. The new artificial turf looks fabulous, and it's quite a little project going in with all the subgrade prep of a new patio. After the investment and all the work, is it eco, or I shudder to use the overused word, sustainable? At first blush, it wouldn't seem so. It's plastic and imported, but on the ecologically positive side, artificial turf doesn't need watering at all and won't contribute to nitrogen and phosphorus runoff as it doesn't require fertilizer. No mowing either, so no air pollution and fossil fuels wasted using the Toro or Snapper. And no weed killer. Some of us have argued that water permeating the turf may be tainted or that there may be some inhalation issues, but neither has really proven true. Let's ignore for a moment the controversy surrounding the statistics around sports injury in turf versus grass field areas. Folks go back and forth on this, but my point here is to focus on the environmental effects. It is said that the artificial turf industry has as much as $3 billion in revenue annually. This brings a great deal of pressure into the economy to sustain, promote, and retain the use of this kind of product. While natural turf fields pose their own issues, from water usage to pollutants, from care of the fields, the most important issue in comparison is the fact that grass fields sequester carbon. One study noted that natural turf grass will sequester carbon at an average rate of over 1,000 pounds per acre for many decades. For example, a grass football field of about an acre and a half will sequester over 1,700 pounds of carbon removing over 6,000 pounds of CO2 per year. A grass soccer field of 1.8 acres sequesters almost 2,000 pounds per year. The Rodale Institute research tells us that this carbon sequestration can be increased by as much as 50% if we use organic compost-based regimes in caring and for and installing these lawn areas.
Again, the natural turf industry is problematic by its very nature as well, but the purpose of this episode is really just to discuss the benefits and drawbacks of artificial turf. We could have an entirely complete episode about the negative effects of natural lawn areas, of course. Many manufacturers of artificial turf will guarantee turf for about eight years, although it's going to be problematic in itself to be calling your turf installer seven years into your installation and asking to have your turf replaced, I would imagine. This is a stupendous amount of garbage to be generating every decade. One study notes that the artificial turf industry will disperse about 7,000 pounds on average of microplastics annually into the environment. And this can affect groundwater and certainly contribute to global warming. Looking at it at a larger scale, our small yards won't compare to large sports fields, but it is enlightening to note that a typical natural grass football field may require up to 3 million gallons of water per year. As the organic approach hasn't yet reached much of the sports establishment, these fields can absorb over 90 million pounds of herbicide as well as 1,400,000,000 pounds of commercially produced synthetic fertilizer. Think of that not in terms of a large sports complex, but perhaps in terms of your larger neighborhood or region. In King County, here in Washington, the USGS did a study years ago that showed a significant spike in chemical levels in local streams in spring, an uptick that coincided with the spring lawn chemical sales push from big box stores. As an aside, it's my opinion that lawn chemical sales have simply spiraled out of control and serious regulation is needed to restrict phosphorus runoff in particular, but that's another story. Which brings us back to artificial turf. Hey, what's not to love? I don't know. One might argue that there's a carbon offset problem as trees are wasted in the manufacturing and the materials boated in from China, but that might be nitpicking. In the end, these new products sure look smooth and green, but it's difficult for some to make the leap. Maybe it's the fact that you won't see the robins poke around for worms. For me, I think if there were no dandelions or buttercup, I'd probably miss them after all. Hey, thanks for listening.